Hello, and welcome to the Emirates MBD Market Matters podcast. I'm Edward Bell, Senior Director for Market Economics. A major theme for financial markets and investors in recent years has been that of sustainability. There's really been an explosion of activity in the environmental, sustainability, and governance space, or ESG, to use the industry jargon. And that has been accelerated even more by the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic. Investors are looking beyond pure financial metrics to ensure that companies are operating in a sustainable manner that will keep their long-term operations viable. Much of the ESG focus has been on companies in Europe and the US, but here in the Middle East, corporates and financial institutions, along with governments, are showing more and more awareness of the need to ensure that their operations can meet ESG standards to get access to those new sources of funding. One local corporate that's been particularly active in the ESG space in the last several years has been Majid Al-Futain, securing the first global green sukuks in 2019 and also issuing a sustainability-linked loan in 2021. I'm pleased to be joined today by Ibrahim Al-Zwebi, Majid Al-Futain Chief Sustainability Officer, and my colleague Shadi Al-Borno, Head of Macro Strategy at Emirates MBD Research. Welcome. Hello, Edward. Hello, Shadi. Ibrahim, if I can kick our conversation off with you to sort of contextualize the sustainability and ESG investor world across the Middle East and North Africa. Majid Al-Futame has a foothold across many economies in our region. How would you characterize the awareness of using ESG securities as a way to raise capital? Is it a sort of priority among the, the markets that you're in, in dealing with? Uh, thank you, Edward. Um... For Majid Al-Futaim, sustainability is is embedded in the heart of everything we do. Um, The journey started more than 11 years ago, and we knew that uh, if we want to uh, forecast and stay in business for the next 25, 50 years, we need to shift from a shareholder capitalism to a stakeholder capitalism. And one of the enablers to do that is definitely an ESG system embedded within the company, ensuring there is a proper governance, Uh, a good social uh, system when it comes to the communities we serve, uh, including our own people, our own staff, as well as ensuring that uh, we eliminate any negative environmental impact, uh, if any, from our businesses. So for us, we uh, started to look at the risk and we started to mitigate the risk. And of course, one of the biggest risks, uh, we believe, as uh, most of the people would agree with me, climate change. Climate change, access to natural resources, has been an issue for us uh, in the region, especially in the Middle East uh, and globally. So for us, uh, it's a big priority. It's one of the top priorities, not even one decision we take uh, within the company that sustainability is not looked at and are included in the decision-making process. All right. Thank you. Um, now, Shadi, you've done some work for us here at Emirates NBD on the step that the governments across the UAE have taken to uh, develop sustainability and ESG as a framework for operations. Could you maybe give us just some of the highlights that have taken place in the last few years? Right. I think the sustainability agenda of Dubai and the UAE are getting increasing uh, focus going forward. And, and a key testament to that was the October 21 announcement that the UAE 
<coughs> plans for net zero emissions uh, by 2050, and the government earmarked almost 600 billion dirhams of investments in renewable energy. So this makes it the first country within the MENA region to launch a concrete initiative uh, uh, to achieve that climate commitment. Uh, the UAE has also been selected to host uh, COP28, uh, the International Climate Conference in 2023. So adding further impetus to uh, achieving some of those sustainability goals in the long-term uh, agenda for that. Uh, clean energy has is is and will be at the heart of the UAE's strategy to achieve much of that carbon neutrality by uh, 2050. It's the first country in the region to produce zero carbon nuclear power. Uh, they introduced carbon uh, capture technology in some of their manufacturing plans and they've they, they are in process to building the first industrial scale uh, green hydrogen park uh, through the Mohammed bin Rashid solar park. Not only that, we also have the federal regulators who are now requiring disclosures uh, for ESG metrics of publicly listed companies. Uh, last year, uh, or sorry, in 2020, Dubai Financial Markets launched the uh, UAE uh, Index for Environmental, Social and Governance uh, to encourage listed companies in the UAE to, um, uh, to embrace those ESG best practices. And I think a key player in that field, again, uh, going back to you, Ibrahim, has been, uh, has been uh, MAF, where we've seen considerable, considerable um, uh, considerable initiatives that have been taken on that front. Could you run us? I mean, I've, I've had discussions with you in the past, Ibrahim, and I've heard some interesting examples. Uh, could you run us through some of the key examples uh, of the company-wide circular economy strategy that you guys are embedding, uh, embedding within the ESG framework in MAF? Uh, thank you, Shadi. And I think uh, I completely agree with you. We've started to see lots of uh, an acceleration uh, of sustainable development recently, and the EU leading uh, with the net zero commitment, uh, as well as having two COPs, not only one in our region, COP27 in Egypt, which is part of, it's one of countries of our operation, and COP28. So, and the, we've seen also the global commitment in 2021 from lots of countries, as well as Glasgow Pact, which is, uh, I believe it's not only incentives, it's also uh, a good, uh, common objective for all stakeholders to work together. Now, when it comes to our circular economy strategy, uh, we call it the unlocking value. We look at circular economy for a new streams of uh, income as well and profit for the company. We're not looking at it only as a waste management or cradle to cradle system, which is it should be the way we, uh, that people run the business, especially with the disruption of supply chain uh, and after the lessons learned, we learned from uh, the pandemic COVID-19. So our sustainable business commitment in our, when it comes to circular economy states that by 2030, all operating companies have circularity and circular economy at the core of their operations. Uh, so to do that, and why say 2030? Because we need to actively engage with our supplier, customers, and the wider business, as well as government communities, uh, to ensure that some uh, legislations uh, are updated are in place to bring uh, Shadi uh, systematic change and impact. Circular economy cannot be achieved by one stakeholder. It's a whole cumulative uh, uh, approach. Uh, achieving this, this vision for us as Majd Fotoy means 
circular economy should be an integral part of all aspects of the business and uh, underpin everything that we do uh, in the company. For example, uh, uh, that we started even redoing, for example, we started recycling our cooking oil from all our FMB uh, outlets, which uh, it's recycled. Uh, it's an income uh, stream for us. Uh, it's becoming, we ensure that it's being reused and recycled to be uh, biofuel, for example. So this is a small example on how you can close the loop uh, as, a, as an industry working with different suppliers, different stakeholders, as well as looking at new income uh, stream. A single-use plastic phase-out policy. Three years ago, we've seen the international uh, community talking about uh, single-use plastic and the damage they do. Uh, so in November 2019, we uh, announced our commitment to phase out uh, the distribution of single-use plastic from all our operations across business units and all countries which we operate by 2025. And I'm happy to report that we already achieved in four countries before the target. And by end of this year, we'll achieve seven countries. And this includes not only single-use plastic bags, uh, fruit and vegetable bags, but also containers for ready meals, cutleries, uh, dairy products, uh, straws, uh, toy packaging, water bottles in our offices, etc. And we also work with Shadi, with, with our suppliers, to ensure that when they, uh, uh, they send us uh, goods to our stores, that they minimize and eliminate even their single-use plastic. And this is something we work with different suppliers to raise awareness on that, as well as to reduce the, 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 the use of uh, uh, single-use plastic and by default saving money uh, for, for, for us and for the suppliers. Uh, we have, uh, again, uh, uh, we're aiming by end of this year, we'll be actively phasing out uh, single-use plastic in seven countries. And the way we did it, by the way, by introducing new shopping experiences, by introducing express lanes on the checkout counters in our Carrefour stores, by incentivizing giving a, a textile or clothes bag for life. So, so that's, that's, that's one of the examples we did from a retail perspective. But when it comes to building, for example, how circular economy means for the business, we have a sustainable building policy that ensure mean building elements uh, undergo an LCA. LCA is life uh, cycle assessment. And this makes sense actually, actually for built environment because from, from cradle to cradle means how you can divert uh, the majority of your construction material from uh, from from landfill, which again, will uh, when it comes to tipping fees for landfill, it save you money, but also it will save you relying on lots of resources and building. So when we do the LCA, we look at materials that are financially sustainable and feasible uh, to be used for longer term. So we think beyond the building and construction. We look at the whole life cycle of a material. Also, when it comes to circular economy, we have uh, we are uh, members of the Scale 360 uh, that the World Economic Forum and the UAE government uh, uh, leads. Uh, we are members there as a private stakeholder. We grow, we look and invest in innovation on ecosystems, uh, engaging with civil society uh, and looking at the fourth industrial revolution uh, technologies as one of the enablers to achieve uh, circular innovation. And to do that, we created with the WEF, and we helped doing, creating it, the uh, Circular Innovation Playbook uh, as an action-based guide for, for us, for businesses, to ensure that they would like to uh, 
to implement. I see the government of the UAE, by the way, is leading the way when it comes to circular economy uh, with, with their first 360, scale 360 national program. So um, uh, this is one of the things we do also when it comes to global level. We, we, uh, since we started thinking of circular economy, we wanted to start with people, uh, uh, with other people uh, ends. Uh, so we became members of Ellen MacArthur Foundation, uh, CE100, which is Circular Economy 100. And we, this foundation works to accelerate the transition to a circular economy. So uh, we develop our ideas on, and, uh, on circular economy. We work with them. They give us access to businesses, academia, policymakers, institutions, so we can mobilize systems, so, uh, systems and uh, solutions for circular economy. So, so this is in a nutshell uh, uh, the, the, the work we do uh, uh, to, uh, to achieve our targets, which is 2030 having circular economy as the heart of our businesses. I could think of two elements. One, that would require a massive amount of uh, auditing and uh, uh, tracking all that data, given the, 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 the impressive footprint of businesses you have across the region. And the other is actually educating uh, your workforce across all levels uh, of the enterprise on um, on um, uh, on ESG um, knowledge on uh, ESG uh, on the spirit of ESG, not just the uh, the letter of ESG. Uh, could you give us a brief uh, idea of of how um, uh, MAF undertakes that? We normalize sustainability in the business, Shadi, and I think this is maybe it sounds. Uh... Uh, the way we look at sustainability, we look at it as uh, a business, uh, 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 an, an important and essential part of the business. So we knew that uh, if we want to have targets, we need to better <coughs> have a baseline, which wasn't easy, by the way, at the beginning, because uh, let's talk about regional perspective. In, 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 in 2016, we announced we want to be net positive by 2040, net positive to, to give more than you take positive in carbon and, and water. So if you want to do a regional baseline, Shadi, you can't find data, available data, clean audited exactly. data for similar companies. So we had to do two things. One, uh, we do have our own baseline. We've been collecting data for the last 11 years uh, in, in energy, water, construction, social. So we had to, uh, to ensure that we, uh, we manage things properly. Something you cannot measure, you cannot manage. And we knew that, especially when it comes to the environmental part. So this is one. So what we did, we started collecting our own data. The second part, we looked at global peers uh, related to our business, be it on uh, real estate, uh, leisure entertainment, uh, retail. We really look at the global players that decided to go into the sustainability route as well. And based on that, we did forecast, we did uh, uh, tar annual targets, long-term targets, and we wanted to be as transparent as we can. Being transparent means for the last 11 years, every quarter we get an external auditor to come and audit our targets and uh, report <coughs> externally and internally about it. So the way we do it, we have sustainable business commitments, uh, materiality issues that translates into annual uh, targets as well as long-term targets with clear key performance indicators and this is all uh, embedded in the KPIs of our staff, of the 43,000 staff we, we have in Majd Fotim, from board to C-suite in minus one, in minus two, as well as their report, their, their, direct, their direct reports. Uh, and uh, 
uh, we ensure that with report transparency about this, with things we achieved and things we couldn't achieve and why we did not achieve it and how we will achieve it. So lessons learned. So this is how we look at it. We look at it as um, uh, something we need uh, to run as we run the business. And th that was a key thing for us. Having said that, uh, we started also to reach out through different organizations to uh, private sector here in this part of the world to ensure that we can have a regional baseline check. Uh, because this, this will help us also to better forecast from a regional perspective with the climatic conditions, the, uh, the access to, uh, uh, to, uh, to goods within the region, sustainable procurement, uh, suppliers, local providers. So, so we look at it from, the, from this uh, aspect. Last but not least, we ensure that our sustainability strategy is aligned with two main things. One, it's aligned with our business objectives which is by default, it should be aligned with our business objectives, but also it's aligned with a global um, uh, commitment that governments and different stakeholders did, which is the SDGs, the Sustainable Development Goals. We are aligned directly with the 12 of them. So technically we speak the business language, our own business language, we speak the external business language and the government language. And a good example of that, what we did with our green finance uh, uh, framework, so to talk to financial institutions like yourself, when we did the sustainable finance transactions, uh, in the last two years, we did $2.7 billion of sustainable finance transactions between Green Sukuk and Sustainability Linked Loan. We ensured that we have a green finance framework with an ESG rating audited by third party for the last three years. So to speak the language of sustainable finance people like yourself. So this is how we do it. And this is how we look at it. And this is how we ensure that it's embedded within the business. Thanks, Ibrahim. That's excellent. I, I think within the uh, context of ESG, people tend to focus on the environmental and sustainability access uh, yeah. aspects of it. Sorry, uh, but governance uh, correlates strongly to both mm -hmm. elements. And I think MAF has been, for example, very keen on focusing on governance as an element, issues ranging from gender equality down yes. to recalibrating people's skills uh, during the pandemic and, and uh, focusing on employees' wellness. Can you let us know how that governance elements actually correlates to both environment and sustainable aspects of the ESG framework within a MAF context? Spot on, Shadi. Actually, ESG. Um, when it, we do annual rating, actually, it's a it's a good uh, a re reminder and a revisit of the gaps that organizations can re revisit and look at. I agree with you. Governance is a very critical factor for success, and we believe that we're a privately owned company, and since day one, we had a governance. So we have boards. Um, that I deal, uh, I communicate and deal with directly. I have access to them directly. They have uh, a say on uh, on the company's uh, uh, sustainability work. I have a sustainability champion from each and every board that I talk to them directly for the operating uh, each operating company. So, uh, and and we ensure that to to normalize sustainability when it comes to governance. By the way, one of our sustainability linked loans, for example, KPIs is to have gender diversity target for women to constitute 30% of board members and senior management roles aligning with the global aims of 30% club. A first for the region, to be honest with you. This is the, a penalty only uh, loan. 
we we need we wanted to do it that way to ensure that this is how normal companies should think alike. Uh, we did not want to. We wanted to ensure that uh, the normal in 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 our organization to start with is to be a thirty to minimum to join the thirty percent club. Also, our board and as I mentioned, and senior management have sustainability within their KPIs to ensure successful implementation across the business. So the governance is a main part of that. Also, the S, the social, uh, Shadi. Uh, usually, you're you're so right. Uh, we usually, when it comes to ESG, you see people focusing on E, or they have not bad commitments and okay, or even excellent commitments when it comes to E, and with the G, with it, we're a triple B uh, rated company, low risk ESG created company. We have boards. We have two ladies uh, now chairing two of our boards. We have women in our boards. We have C suites uh, women, and we're on track to achieve that minimum thirty percent. But also, when it comes to the S as well, the social part, it shows you uh, the region gaps because we do regional uh, studies as well when it comes to this. And for a good example of that, economic inclusion, Shadi, which is mainly a part of it, diversity and inclusion. Economic inclusion in our part of the world, uh, mainly led and managed by governments. Uh, we, we notice that private se- sector have either little to say or a, a bit to, to support. So uh, this is something we're looking at when it comes to ESG uh, and along with, with the governance. When it comes to environment, to the environmental part, aligning ourselves with the SBTI, the Science-Based Targets Initiative and being member of TCFD, I think, uh, and the net positive commitment, uh, hopefully we have a good true north when it comes to our climate action uh, and circular economy uh, commitments. Thanks, Ibrahim. Uh, on, on the interesting aspect, uh, MAF has undertaken some pretty ambitious projects in the Care for franchise, which is actually one of the largest uh, end consumer businesses, not just in the UAE, but practically across the region. Could you run us to some of the interesting examples? Because I guess this is the testing spot for a pot for a lot of what uh, you guys plan to roll on to businesses across your franchises. No, absolutely. I, I actually, I really enjoy uh, working on projects on Carrefour and retail because it's something first makes me closer to the local communities. And uh, hence, we have a sustainable uh, procurement policy where our priorities, wherever we are, to ensure that we procure our goods from uh, uh, if when it comes to food and farming from local farmers, local fishermen, work with them, uh, train them on our standards, uh, as well as explore opportunities to introduce environmental footprint from agriculture uh, through initiatives, uh, uh, for example, like the first uh, retail hydroponic farm. So one of the interesting projects during the pandemic, first in-store uh, hydroponic farm, where you can see the plants that are grown and uh, harvested within the store. By this, we uh, saved minimum 90% of water, we canceled the transport emissions. We uh, provided uh, a good and experience for um, our customers to see about the farming. And guess what? We did it with a startup. And uh, uh, I was reading the, the latest report from Hamid Bar Rashid, the SME of, uh, establishment. Uh, it made Oscar for one of the top uh, five uh, companies that uh, provides. Uh, business to st- to local uh, Emirati startups. And we do the same, by the way, in Jordan and Egypt and Kenya. So this is part of our priorities. And it made sense 
mainly during COVID, where the lockdown all over the world, the supply chain disrupted. This is where small, big farmers, local policies like the local procurement policy came into place and, uh, and it highlighted the importance of such, such, such policies. So this is one of the really interesting projects uh, I, I really enjoy in, in, in Carrefour. Also, we introduced a, a refilling station uh, the last uh, almost three years for detergents, for food. So you don't need to buy and you just get your uh, uh, your uh, detergent box and you just refill it without using uh, uh, more using of, of plastic. So so it's interesting, but the closest to my heart for sure is working with local farmers and fishermen, Shadi, because you are you are engaging with actual local communities on the ground, ensuring that they are. Uh, there, there is uh, a momentum and sustainability and economic and social sustainability on that. So this is one of the closest to my hearts. Thanks, Ibrahim. It's been excellent talking to you, seeing uh, that uh, MAF really has someone who's uh, extremely passionate about uh, achieving not just the uh, letter of ESG, but the spirit of what ESG aims to achieve uh, within uh, the wider context, not just of the UAE and the region. We wish we had more time. There's much more to talk about. Uh, but um, we look forward to seeing uh, more excellent uh, milestones uh, from uh, MAF Group. Yeah, thank th you very much, Shadi. And uh, I really enjoy also your, your uh, morning business briefing on the radio. So uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks, right. Ibrahim. Okay, thanks. thanks to both Shadi and Ibrahim for joining us. I think it was really quite insightful to get a sense of uh, what a domestic corporate is doing here in the UAE in terms of both in a way, kind of a philosophical approach to, to adopting sustainability into the core of its business, but then also matching it with a practical business application. It's really quite fascinating. And as Shady said, I wish yeah, we could go on for ages, I'm sure uh, the three of us discussing uh, all day. Uh, but for more information on the ESG landscape here in the UAE and our full suite of macroeconomic and market analysis, please visit www.emiratesnbdresearch.com. And uh, we wish you well. And thank you very much.